Hello and welcome to the First Baptist Church of Oregon City Sermons Podcast. I'm Pastor John Witham. This sermon, Rooted, was delivered the 14th of May, 2023. The sermon text is John 15, 1 through 8. The supplemental reading is Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. Our worship services take place every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. in our sanctuary at 819 John Adams Street in Oregon City, Oregon, and on our Facebook page. For more information or to financially support the ministry and mission of First Baptist Church, please visit our website at onebaptistchurch.org. That's the numeral onebaptistchurch.org. May the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Today I'd like to tell you four stories about plant life. Story number one, we know from, and this is just kind of trees 101, that the deeper and more complex the root structure of a tree is, the longer and more intimate the relationship of the tree has had with the place that it has been planted. So if you have ever tried to dig up an old tree root or an old tree stub out of your yard, or if you've tried to get rid of a tree from your yard, and it has been there a very long time, it is going to be very, very, very difficult for you to get out of your yard because that tree's roots have grown down. And they've grown in such a way that they can get the nutrients that they need. And so that if a strong wind comes through, that that tree is not going to be yanked up by the strong wind and flung in some different direction or into somebody's house or car or the side of their head or something like that. Trees grow strong, stable root structures so that they can get nourishment. They need to get their nutrients from the earth, from the place that they're in. And when we come to this John 15 passage, first of all, this is a dense, thick passage. This is a a very, very thick bowl of oatmeal as far as scripture goes, because there is a lot to take apart and tease out. Uh, and, And someone asked me yesterday, what was I going to do with all of this? And I said, well, I have a pretty good idea, but I don't really know for sure until I stand up and say it out loud. And... And so we are starting here, where Jesus says, remain in me. We as human beings have had different modes of life throughout the history of humanity. Uh, We have had hunter-gatherer cultures where peoples have traveled around looking for food. A few weeks ago, I went to... I hear a talk by Wilson Wewa, who is descended of Chief Wewa of the Northern Paiute people. And even to this day, Wilson goes and gathers roots on the schedule and in the the way of of his people, of the Paiute people. And so he, he lives on the Warm Springs Reservation, and then he goes down to uh, the, the Redmond and Bend area, and then down 
down through along US, what we now know as US 20, uh, ends up in Burns just before July when it gets really hot, and then he goes back to Warm Springs, and all of those roots are his food for the year and food for his tribe. And so we've also had agrarian cultures where we've had time to sit down and, and, and plant fields and gardens and things to raise food so that we know we have a stable food source. And we've built cities. And the cities are usually places where we can exchange food we can grow for food that we can't. And the indigenous people of Oregon have, have had numerous places where these exchanges have gone on. Uh, Willamette Falls, our beloved Tumwata, is one of them. The now covered over Salilo Falls that, that no longer exists or is visible because of uh, the dam at the Dalles was another place where these great exchanges happened. But nonetheless, we know the value of putting down roots. We long for that stability. We want those, those deep roots to go down into a place. And if you've moved around a lot, that's something that you know and long for that you value. And it's something that you might take for granted if you've lived in the same town or in the same house all your life. But nonetheless, Christ invites us to remain in him and uses the image of a vine and branches. And he's talking about grapes here. Um, because that's, that's kind of what was all around him as he's saying this. And I don't know a lot about grapes, which is why I immediately went to trees. But nonetheless, we have this image in Scripture of Jesus being the true vine. And when he says, I am the true vine, if you go back to the Old Testament, in Exodus and in Isaiah especially, Israel is, is discussed, and even in the Psalms, Israel is discussed as a vine, God's people are, are talked about as a vine that is taken from out of Egypt and planted in a new place. And Isaiah says that the, the vine has grown wild and it's producing sour grapes. And so there's that interesting section about being pruned, and we'll get to that in a minute. But Jesus is the true vine. Israel's the life that Israel was supposed to give, God's people was supposed to give, is the life to the whole world. That through their life, the life of the whole world would be blessed. And now Jesus is the life, is, is the one, the vine that is going to accomplish this. And so he invites us to remain in him, to plant ourselves in him. And when we do, and when we grow these roots, and when we, when we grow the roots of our life in the way of Jesus, we're not growing the roots of our life in something that is temporary. We're growing the roots of our lives into the soil that is packed full of the nutrients of resurrection. When we realize that the soil that our lives is planted in is what's feeding us, we can either be feeding ourselves good things or we can be feeding ourselves toxic things. They're talking about building 
all sorts of things over, it's that direction, uh, over on top of uh, an old dump just north of town, and I'll leave that to, uh, to lots of other people, and including yourselves, to decide whether building something on an old dump is a good idea or a bad idea. But one of the first questions to ask is, should we be, <laughs> should we be planting things on something where things are, are, have been left standing for a long time? Uh, things that we don't know the toxicity of. And if we would pause before we would put a house on top of bad ground, maybe we need to pause before we dig the roots of our lives into things that don't truly give life. Because we can plant the roots of our lives in things that bring toil and despair and, and ugliness into our lives. Or we can find the resurrecting life of Jesus as soil that our roots can draw nutrients from. Story number two. Katie and I, when we lived in Illinois, planted a community garden. And the idea was that we were going to plant the things and water the things and and raise the things so that the, the people in our area who were living in poverty could just come and get the vegetables that they needed. Because it's a nice idea to think that, that you, you might have time to come over and plant and tend to and care for uh, your own garden plots. But if you're working a minimum wage job just about anywhere in the United States of America, you can't afford uh, rent and still have the time to run a garden. There's a massive wealth disparity in our very wealthy country, and there's a massive time disparity in our very time-wealthy country. And so we chose to raise these vegetables for people to be able to come and pick from. But I had a weakness, as I didn't like to destroy living things, and so we would plant things from seed and I would try to let everything live. I would try to just plant the seeds and anything that came up, I would just take care of. And those of you who are chuckling know what the problem is here, is because then I had all of these like really sad looking plants, um, weird shaped radishes, and and just, just kind of some sickly, uh, the Brussels sprouts didn't turn out quite right. Um, I mean, the tomatoes did well. Tomatoes didn't care. They're tomatoes. Um, but I never went through the process of saying, okay, these ones are growing pretty tall, and I can, I can kind of leave you, but then this one's a little, you know, just a little sickly, and I can put that over there. I had a very narrow view, thinking that I had a very broad view. I had a very narrow view on what life was, thinking that I had a very broad view on what life was. And there are lots of things in our lives as followers of Jesus that are good. I don't think we stay involved in something too long if it's not nourishing, if it's not life-giving, if it's not providing something for us. However, sometimes we have a tendency to pack our lives full of good things, not realizing that when we pack our lives full of even good things, if we don't have time for rest, if we don't have time to expand back into ourselves, 
things will not grow right. Isaiah spoke of of God's people growing sour grapes. And think about a time maybe that you have given yourself to lots of things that are good, whether they're in the church, whether they're in your community. You know, not things that are bad for you to do, but just things that take some time and energy. And then consider how long it took for you to become bitter about those things. And even though they're good things, you're almost angry to be involved in them. In brief, when we hear about pruning in this passage, we hear that God wants to take the things that are going very, very well in us and give those things room to grow. And at the same time, that sometimes means having things that we think are good, that we think are just fine, being pulled away from us. And it's painful to do this pruning process because it involves cutting. But at the same time, what we usually find is when we go through this process of, of, of taking out the things that are choking off the full expanse of life in us, that we get on a lot better. Story number three. Back to the community garden again. And our first year, we had four beds. And then our second year, somebody gave us the money to build eight more, and we had 12 all of a sudden. And so we had planted things in all of these beds. But in bed number 12, I learned my lesson after the first year and would separate off some of the the plants that weren't growing so well. And we had bed number 12 was kind of our experimental bed. Could we actually grow this here? Could, could we actually transplant things? And so we had just a kind of a hodgepodge, and despite my best efforts to take notes, I kind of lost the plot a little bit. And so this thing starts growing. And we just let it grow, because could it have been a vegetable? Sure. Could it have been a, 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 a something else? Absolutely. And so we let it grow, and we let it grow. And this was a mistake because it ended up choking out all of the other little experiments that we had going on. And the only thing growing in bed number 12 was a giant, enormous weed. It gave no life. It was useful for nothing. I mean, I'm sure it was useful for something. If you know about like what to do with, with weird plants and things that you just find in your yard, Um, Maybe you would have identified something uh, about this and said, oh yeah, that's good for that. But it wasn't good for what we were doing because we were trying to grow food for the neighborhood. And so ultimately, once we realized like, yep, that's just a weed, up it went into the compost bin. Jesus has some hard words about those not remaining in him being cut off and cast into the fire. And when we hear these things, we can kind of jump on this us versus them bandwagon, that we are the ones who are rooted and the ones who are not rooted. You get thrown into the burn pile or the compost heap, wherever you like it. And so as we 
as we read this and as we think about this and as we consider what does it mean for something to be tossed? We have to go to the, to the verse at the end of the passage where Jesus says, when you, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to God my Father. This isn't about salvation or damnation. And we have to be very careful to not read this passage that way. This is about what is producing fruit and what isn't. Because let me tell you, folks, there is a lot that the name of Jesus is attached to that does not actually follow Jesus. Christian nationalism is not Christian. There's nothing Christian about it. You can't just slap a Christian label on something and say that it's Christian. We can't grab for worldly power in worldly ways and expect to still be walking in the way of Jesus. We can't baptize things just for the sake of wanting them to be Christ-like. They have to produce the fruit of Jesus. And what does that fruit look like? But the Apostle Paul tells us that it looks like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. That is the fruit of the Spirit. And so if it does not look like it's bearing that fruit, if it is not producing God-honoring life in the world, then it's got to get cut off. And listen to me very carefully when I say this. Somebody going about their average, everyday life, just being a person, taking care of their home, taking care of their family, taking care of their yard, taking care of their garden, but giving no thought to Jesus, is much closer to the kingdom than somebody who is distorting God's word for hateful ends. Because the common, ordinary life produces the fruit of caring for creation, which is what humanity has been tasked with from the beginning. But when we realize, when we realize that bearing fruit we will bear much more fruit in Jesus. That's important. Story number four. And I, I mentioned this about a year ago, but it's so good. And I think about it every time I go hiking. When you see a forest, you are not just looking at a whole bunch of trees. You are looking at an interconnected body of organisms that are connected underground by miles and miles of fungi. And these fungi, at the connections with their plants, with the plants, blur the line between plant and fungi to the point where, where you almost can't recognize where one ends and the other begins. But what these, these connective fungi do is they can carry nutrients back and forth between the trees. If one tree is getting attacked by, by bugs or something, 
then the other trees can send nutrients to the tree that's under attack and, and that tree can fight off the bugs or whatever. Point being, we all have to maintain our individual connectedness to Jesus the vine. But we also all have to be connected to the vine of each other. Because Jesus is resurrecting power when we are connected into, and I'm mixing metaphors here, uh, when we connect to the vine of Jesus, when we dig our roots into the soil of resurrection, when we do this, we discover new life comes into us and we can pass this new life to others within the church. We can pass this new life to others within our community. And when we talked earlier in this Easter season about being the resurrected community, that only happens when it's full of resurrected people. And so whatever metaphor strikes you better, dig your roots into the soil of resurrection. Make sure your vine is connected to the vine of Christ. Because when we do this, it brings new life to us. It brings new life to the church and it brings new life to the world around us.